Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. News Radio 840 WHAS welcomes you to Jim Strader Outdoors, the area's leading authority on hunting and fishing. Jim Strader Outdoors is brought to you by Mossy Oak Properties Hart Realty. For the outdoor home of your dreams, call Paul Thomas at 270-524-1980. Linden Animal Clinic, your pet's best friend. Sportsman's Taxidermy. Visit them at sportsmanstaxidermy.com. A.N. Roth Heating and Cooling, a family-owned business with over 100 years' experience in the Louisville area. Wildlife Habitat Solutions. Check Jim and his team on Facebook at Wildlife Habitat Solutions and SMI Marine. Getting your boat back on the water in no time. To join in on the conversation, call us at 571-8484 inside Louisville and 1-800-444-8484 outside the metro. Now, sit back and relax and enjoy the next two hours of Jim Strader Outdoors on News Radio 840 WHAS. We came from the West Virginia coal mines and the Rocky Mountains and the Western Sky. I got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive, and a country boy can survive. We can skin a buck and run a trot line And a country boy can survive Country folks can survive Good evening, everybody. Jim Strader here, and we're going to talk about something tonight that I think needs to be said, and it's something that I have thought about a lot, and a lot of folks that I think a lot of have thought about a lot, and that is the situation with our deer herd. If you listened to our program last week, we pretty much centered the program around problems that are very evident in a bunch of the eastern Kentucky counties where they had a very serious deer epidemic from EHD type 2, which upset the herd in a big way. By that, I mean it decimated the numbers, and we revealed some harvest numbers that were very alarming. And this is on the heels of the biologists at the Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife saying that we had one of the best years, best five years out of the last 10. And I'm not disputing that figure because when you lump all those figures together, it kind of skews the numbers one way or another. Well, we're continuing forward tonight because on the heels of this, uh, Mark Nethery, who is past president of the League of Kentucky Sportsmen, uh, and I shared a discussion about how things just didn't seem to add up some way. We couldn't get our head around it. So 
we, and it's mostly Mark, crunch these numbers, and we're going to reveal what they revealed tonight. It is not a pretty picture. I've also got Jimmy Cantrell back on uh, with us here in this first segment of the program because Jimmy has discovered some more things that just don't seem to make sense. And I want to say this at the outset. This is not to discredit the biologists per se, but I will say that I'm very critical of the way they are presenting these numbers. Uh, Reason is they put it in the best possible light, but they keep glossing over or uh, omitting pertinent figures that hunters around the state are calling me about. They're like, where are the deer? We're not seeing the deer. We don't have the numbers they're citing. Well, we're going to reveal through the department's own statistics from Telecheck what these numbers show. And I understand there's ways to argue one way or the other, but you know what? When harvest figures are down and they're consistently down, there is a problem and it needs to be addressed and it needs to be vetted. So what I'm attempting to do tonight on the program is have a discussion about that, lay out the figures, and as we march through the program, I'm going to ask you, the audience, to chime in and tell us what you think. And I'll announce the numbers when we get to that point, but I want to go through what we have discovered when we gleaned these numbers and and crunched them, and it's very, very disturbing, quite frankly. So... You stick with us. We're going to get into this again with uh, Mark Nethery, past president of the League of Kentucky Sportsmen, and uh, Jimmy Cantrell, who is on the board with the League of Kentucky Sportsmen, but he's also the president of the Appalachian Outdoorsman Association. So we'll get to that right after the break. The break is presented by SMI Marine. Get your boat in there, get it fixed, get it ready for the spring season. And remember, you don't never get soaked by my friends at SMI. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. And again, we're talking about the 2021 harvest numbers on deer and how they roll out in comparison to other years. In that regard, folks, on my Facebook page, Jim Strader Outdoors on Facebook, we have posted the crunched numbers that Mark Nethery put together in concert with me about where we are in harvest in uh, 2019, last year versus this year, and where we, were, where we were in 2015. And what we did there, this is where I guess it'll be debatable, but I'm very comfortable with the debate. We went back to 2015 because that's, Five years ago. And so what we wanted to do was give a comparison in the county statewide and where we stood with those numbers. And that's done by region, uh, by that bluegrass, uh, etc. And the numbers that you see in red are where we're in decline. And it's pretty startling to look at. So if you'd like to index that, while we talk about it on the program, uh, it's available there. And again, it's Jim Strader Outdoors on Facebook. 
Uh, I have Mark here with me and Jimmy Cantor, who's president of the Appalachian Outdoorsman Association. Jimmy, can you hear us okay? Yes, I can, Jim. All right. All right. I guess I want to start this with what I'm going to call the road to hell for a deer herd. And it really is disturbing to me because we as senior members of the outdoor community have repeatedly tried to tell the biologists and the commissioners our concerns and we're continually told well, we're a sportsman-centric organization. That sounds great, but it's every time we try to tell them something, they're showing figures that run counter to, frankly, what the commissioners are told by some of the biologists who have, I'm just going to be very honest, I don't hold them in very high esteem. Um, well, I'll tell you why I don't. I'll give you a great example. Mark, I think you were there, or at least know about, when I went up and testified in front of the legislature about the department's desire to open up a doe season with the rifles in September, Gabe Jenkins, the deer biologist with the state, gave them a chart that said all fawns in the state of Kentucky are weaned by August the 15th. Now, when you say something like that, you're absolutely, totally, either out of touch with what's going on out here in the field, or you're running a game. I'm going to leave it to everybody else to to pull their analysis of that, but I can tell you, I've got fawns on trail pictures that are still nursing way up in October, and I've done a ton of depredation harvest for farmers who had problems with deer, and I can tell you, those does are giving milk way up into October. And it's not because the fawns could not be weaned. It's because the does chose not to wean them because they needed supplemental milk to get their bodies weights up to make it through the winter. So it's hard for me to have confidence in or, or respect for someone that says something like that in front of the legislature to try to push an agenda. So, returning to my premise, here's the road to hell. Increased days of harvest in zones and areas where they've had disease dials. Allow non-resident hunting license sales to escalate to the point where resident hunters no longer have a place to hunt. Increase harvest opportunities with weapons like a crossbow, which, folks, I hunt with a crossbow, okay? I have a, a herniated disc in my back where I can no longer shoot a bow the way I used to. I got nothing against them. But it is a weapon by any standard. I mean, look at the ads in the magazines. Shoots like a rifle. Of course it does. After 50 yards, that weapon is just as effective as a muzzleloader, for example. And what's happened? We've seen an increase in harvest with crossbow that's monumental. Mark, you were there. Jimmy, you were there. Did we not tell the commissioners and the biologists our concerns about that? And 
were we listened to? We weren't well. Uh, we, well. We, had we had an audience, but nothing was, no attention was paid. And, and Jerry, Correct, Mark. Here's, the, here's the worst part of it. And I'm going to call the spade the spade. What I hated about that meeting where we were all there with the department, with the entire commission, we were lied to. And here's who lied to us. Tommy Turner, a member of the legislature who told us the crossbow proponents weren't willing to compromise. We provided, you guys straight me out, I think at least five compromise positions. And this is what really, really pissed me off. And it's the only way I can say it. After the meeting was over, a member of the other side who I respect and who has respect for me came up and said, Jim, we lost respect for you guys today. I said, why is that? He goes, because y'all lied. I said, what do you mean we lied? He goes, y'all didn't offer any compromises. Remember this, Mark? I do. And I said, what are you talking about? We had five different positions of compromise. Well, that is what we were told. I said, well, tell me what your all's compromise positions were then. You know what? He told me they didn't come to us. We were played. And when you get played like that, respect and trust goes out the window. And it went out the window for me at that time. Because I don't even think the commissioners that were there understood that we were being played. If they did, shame on them. But my point is, when that happens, it's not good. I mean, it's just not good. No. So, um, what I want to do here is... Talk a little bit about these numbers that we've discovered. And, Jimmy, last week, you guys talked about what happened in East Kentucky, and it's gotten even worse since we talked. And then Mark and I went into statewide, and it's terrible. The numbers are just the, – the numbers are down. Now, the overall number statewide – is back to the department's correct statement in the top five for the last 10 years. But that's a gloss over and only part of the story. Mark? Well, when you take these numbers, and, and let me let me be real clear about this. These aren't my numbers. These numbers were taken directly off the department's website from Telecheck, and they're put in a comparison format. So when you, you stop and you take and you study these things, and, and I left it in the regions as the department has it, because there's some real unclarity as to whether the department manages the deer herd by region or by county. Multiple discussions that I've had, I have repeatedly been told that they manage deer on a county-by-county county basis. If that's the case, then we've got a real problem here. Um, since last week's show, and, and honestly, I had no expectation of, of being here this week or this topic even really continuing, but it, it really snowballed as I continued to, I got phone calls, I got emails, I got text messages, I was getting messages this evening, people 
are looking now and understanding where to go and how to look at their numbers. And they're coming back and telling me, this is unbelievable. I, you know, one individual even did it by the square mile. So the area that I'm most familiar with is the bluegrass region. And I will tell you that in doing the numbers on the bluegrass region, there are almost 20% of the counties in the bluegrass region for 2020. The 2020 harvest was the worst harvest in over 20 years. 20% of the counties had the, just had the worst harvest in 20 some odd years. That is not a cycle. That's a trend. Then when you look at the numbers going back just to 2015, we've got statewide 65% of the counties are the 2020 harvest compared to 2015, 65% of the counties are down. That's 79 out of 120 counties showed a decline from five years ago. That's not a trend. That's, that's not a cycle. That's a trend. That's walking off the cliff. And, you know, there might be a few bright spots in here, anomalies, really, at this stage of the game. Because when you compare 2020 to 2019, you still had 73 out of 120 counties show a decline when you compare 2020 to 2019. That's 61%. These are big numbers, folks. And I get managing Zone 1 counties to reduce the population, but I've repeatedly been told that the goal is to get counties statewide to zone twos. That's the optimum capacity carrying level. Well, I think we've got a break coming up. When we come back from that, we'll talk about what's happened to the zone three and the zone counties. We're not managing them to increase their herds to zone two levels. They're going well the other direction. And Jimmy, to that point, we got about two minutes here. Y'all are off the cliff. I mean, yes, yes, we are, Jim. And and I don't know how you can defend that because with with bear depredation, coyote depredation on fawns, bobcat depredation on fawns, and you add in hunter mortalities. With the numbers that are there, it's the road to hell. Like I said, it's just the road to hell. Yes, it is, Jim. That's the point I was going to bring up. I mean, our our predator depredation is is just horrible. Uh, everyone knows that we've seen an increase in the bear population. We've seen an increase in the bobcat population. We've seen an increase in the coyote population. And you mix that in the mix after EHD and more liberalized seasons. Where are we going to with this? There, there needs to be something done. We need to protect this resource so that we have this resource for our future generations. Well, the totally uh, inexplicable thing to me is how in the world these biologists like Gabe Jenkins justified, A, extending the season, and B, giving more liberal harvest methods in the face of a disease die-off that was is so extensive as you all saw over there. I, I, it's inexplicable. I don't think they saw what we saw, Jim. They wasn't on top of this like we were. 
We were, we were the people that was out the boots on the ground, and they weren't. And they didn't want to accept what we were saying. They was going, I believe, I can't, I can't speak for them, but I believe they was going off of averages, saying that less than 20%, 25% of the deer are affected by EHD. Well, it doesn't exactly work that way. Uh, Jimmy, hang on with us. Coming back from break, you've got a, a fellow hunter over there that has some really interesting statistics to share and we'll bring them to you as we get out of break this break is presented by paul thomas he's a broker at mossy Oak properties heart realty all kind of wildlife management properties and farms for sale check them out m-o-p-h-a-r-t realty.com and we're back on jim Strader outdoors again we're talking about the 2021 deer season numbers and what they really mean and by really mean I'm saying in perspective on previous harvest numbers and where it appears we're going um, Jimmy you're all's numbers over there really off the cliff I think it's fair to say and when they do these harvest numbers by region, it really doesn't tell the story. Speak to that. Well, what happens there, Jim, you've got a region that takes in a vast area, even larger than your district. And what happens there when you talk about a region, for example, like northeast region, you take in other counties that are more towards central Kentucky that are zone one counties. So you have zone one, zone two, Zone 3 and Zone 4, all in the mix. And some of these counties wasn't affected by EHD, and some of them are high-harvest counties. And what happens when you do that is you bring that average up from that county that's really suffering with the deer population. And when you use it as a region, then that just skews those numbers for those hard-hit counties and makes it look like the region-wide, that the numbers aren't that bad, that they're stable. Well, and that's the well, way to... Cover up a lot of sins, if I may say it that way, and it's just not the fair way to do it. Mark, to your point, really, we need to manage county by county, as as most states that are got a good deer herd tend to do. I mean, if you look at Iowa, Kansas, and areas like that, they 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 do permits and and stuff by counties. Well, let me go one step further. And going through this, you know, it, you look at regions, you have to ask yourself, why do we even look at regions? Why are we grouping these counties into regions when we have nine districts in the state? Jimmy, I think you made the point last week. In order to take your problem to a commissioner, you have to talk to three different commissioners to cover your area. And if things in the state followed suit, following the nine districts, you'd only have one guy to talk to. You'd have to go to your district commissioner. I'd only have to go to my third district commissioner and so on. But we've got it broken up in in such a way, to your point, that there's so much overlap. And and geographically, you get away from, you know, what goes on in in northern Kentucky is is so much different than the the southern part, uh, you know, from, from one end of the region to the other. And, uh, that part makes me scratch my head, why we don't follow the nine districts. Yeah, and one thing, too, Mark, to add to that, like 
You've got the, let's talk about districts compared to regions. You've got the 5th District, who overlaps some into the northeast region. He may look at it and say, my counties in my district but are in your region are fine as far as deer. But once you get on out of that county area of his district, deeper into the region, then you have a problem. Right. And let me talk about one area that's not defined as a district, but it's part of the Bluegrass District. The Fish and Wildlife Department markets to, quote, the Golden Triangle in the state. And the Golden Triangle is defined as Cincinnati, Lexington, Louisville. It's the most populous area of the state. It's the area where the most hunting and fishing licenses are sold. And leads one to think that that's probably where there's the most deer hunting pressure. All those counties... I think it's safe to say, I'll just, I'll couch it and say the majority of those counties in that Golden Triangle are Zone 1 counties. And, and you know, I've already said almost 20% of the counties in the Bluegrass region are have just finished the lowest harvest in 20 years. But when I look at counties like Trimble, Pendleton, Owen, Oldham, Jefferson, and Henry, and those counties are part of that 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 20 year low and I look at look at the decrease or even worse I look at the harvest numbers when I look at Trimble County with a harvest of 634 deer it makes my heart sink because I know what historically that county has done the same for Oldham Owen County you know I think I shared the story last week when I was delivering some cattle to market the conversation ensued because it was just before Thanksgiving about how was their deer hunting going in that area. And there wasn't one guy there at the stockyards that said that said they were doing any good. So they can't find any deer. And that's Owen County, which had a great harvest, but it's still significantly down. It's down 33% uh, since 2015. So you can still have great deer numbers compared to other counties, but that doesn't mean you're seeing the deer that you used to see. Uh, uh Managing to achieve the population levels of a Zone 2 county, ask yourself what we're doing in Zone 3 and Zone 4 counties. It's with the declining harvest reflecting the declining population, we're not managing those counties. We've made the, you know, you have to reach the conclusion that the season extension for gun season is was too liberal crossbow on the front end was too liberal uh the multi uh deer uh, deer on one license now granted i know the tags can't be used over there but nevertheless you're creating opportunities where deer are going to be taken somewhere with those four four tags on that one license but for zone three and four counties i'm telling you i have to agree with jim it's it's the road to hell because there's not anything being done to bring those populations up. It looks like everything's been done to continue to push those populations down. Well, and I'm going to throw out the, the what I call the trump card here. There's no other way to explain this other than a, a lust for money. And this money comes through an arena that has to be addressed. And that is A, outfitters, and B, non-resident leasing or purchase of lands that are excluding Kentucky residents 
from their ability to hunt. And Jimmy, that's not just in your area. That is statewide. That is the number one thing that I hear from hunters all around the state in a constant fashion is, I can't hunt anymore. The places I used to hunt have been leased up. And that has got to be addressed because it's a system designed by refusal to look at the facts to collapse. Because sooner or later, if we keep killing these deer and these numbers keep declining, the non-residents aren't going to come here anymore either. And then what? Because all our resident hunters don't have any place to hunt anymore. It, it's, it's an insane formula that at the end of the road is what I said. It's the road to hell. Yes, it is, Jim. Uh, I hear that a lot myself. I, I, I continually hear that, is we've got problems here. Um, the lands I used to hunt, I can't hunt anymore. Um, just several problems along those lines, Jim. Jimmy, Morgan County, that's in your area, isn't it? Did you say Morgan County? Morgan County, yes. Yeah. That, that's my home county. That's the county I live in. Okay, well, I was sent some information. I I said earlier, people have been contacting me all week. Here's some quick numbers on Morgan County that that a gentleman sent me. And he went as far as to do it, uh, calculated in square miles. But Morgan County, in 2015, there were 679 antler deer taken. In 2020, there were only 340. That's a 50% drop in antler deer harvest. The doe harvest in 2015 was 735, and in 2020, it was 186. That's a 75% drop in doe harvest. And the overall harvest is down 63%. And here's the, guys, here's the crazy part of that. How do you justify that when the biologist knew, and again, Mark, you were there. Jimmy, you were there. I was there. We told, don't do this. Why would you liberalize methods of take and season lengths in the face of a disease dial? That's insanity. Well, the bigger picture overall statewide, if if the if our deer herd is the golden egg. Well, we're killing the goose right now that's that's been laying that golden egg. You're not kidding. And, and you know what it all points to? It's all about the money. I, and I think you've got that. some numbers on how our non-resident fees have grown over the years. Oh, yeah. And we'll share those coming back from break. Jimmy, hang on with us. Coming back from break, you've got a gentleman from your district that's got some really interesting statistics to share. Folks, this break is presented by SMI Marine, 11400 Westport Road. Go see them. They'll take great care of you. And remember, you never get soaked by my friends at SMI. We're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. And Jimmy Cantrell, you have an individual over there in your area. His name is Donnie Dennis who has some interesting perspectives on this. Uh, tell us a little bit about him, and then I'd like to talk to Donnie. 
Well, Donnie, he's a very avid and dedicated whitetail hunter here in the 8th District and Northeast region, since we're talking about regions as well. Um, he covers a lot of ground, gathers a lot of information on whitetail, and uh, he does it more so than anyone else I actually know. Um, the past season, he ran 35 trail cameras in Bath, Montgomery, Menifee, Rowan, Fleming, Harrison, and on the Clay WMA in Nicholas County. Like I said, he covers a lot of ground in multiple areas and gathers as much data that he possibly can uh, to give himself the best advantage he can give himself a field. And he is the boots-on-the-ground kind of guy. So he, he has a lot of valuable information. Donnie, can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, tell us what you're seeing over there, because as boots-on-the-ground people go, I think you're obviously way, way above average. What are you seeing? All the eastern counties, the deer densities are lower. Lower. They've never been a whole lot of deer there to begin with, but there were pockets, and now the pockets are smaller and they're scattered out farther apart. Okay. What What are you seeing on your trail cameras? You've got a ton of trail cameras out in various counties. Talk about that a little bit. Just less, less deer numbers. Everywhere you go, there's just less numbers. So the trails, I'll go to places where there used to be deer, and the signs is not there. The trails are all grown over. There won't be any rubs. You won't find any beds. And the deer you do find, they're scattered more. Okay. I, I know uh, talking to you this afternoon, you described one area where uh, you had a saddle that deer funneled through to go into uh, feeding areas and soybean fields, etc. And it was in my home county where I was born in Bath County. Um, that's where I'm from originally. Share that story. Yeah, in 2016, I've got 11 acres over there I can hunt on. It's all private. And in a 10-day period, I had between 25 and 30 bucks crossing a slow gap, a saddle. Well, that, and then the next year is when EHD hit over there hard. Well, I had probably half as many deer that year as I did the year before. And now I don't even hunt it. I still monitor it with cameras, but you only get two or three deer moving through there in a whole season. And the trails are all gone. That's unreal. That's unreal. Well, what about the other counties? How many cameras do you have out? I had 35 out in Kentucky this year. Okay. What did you see in, in some of the other counties over there where they're claiming we're okay here? It's not a concern. Well, I had five cameras in Harrison County, and I had more deer on those five cameras than the rest of the 30 I'll put together. Okay. Everywhere I go, I have to look harder to find fewer deer. And this is all after EHD and after they liberalized the seasons over there, right? Yes. Well, I, as a guy that's got boots on the ground and, and a guy who I would surmise talks to all kind of other fellow hunters, what what is it you would say to the commissioners sitting over those counties and to the biologists that are trying to say we've had a record harvest, which, again, statewide, we may have had that. But that sure doesn't tell a story to counties where you all are behind the eight ball. 
what I was saying is for them to come with me any day they'd like to, and I can show them. I can take them to places where there used to be deer, and there's not any deer there now. Good habitat with no animals. Well, it's a it's a it's a depressing situation because I go back to this statement: we're becoming and, and attempting to be sportsman centric, but every time we as sportsmen try to tell them something, it's like you don't know what you're talking about. Well, everybody in these areas are all saying the same thing. Okay. You drive up and down the roads in the summertime, you don't see the deer anymore. Well, Mark, this is, and, and Jimmy, to your all's point, I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand how we can continue down this road and for it not to be, as I said, the road to hell. And, Jim, I'm not seeing a comeback. I'm not seeing an increase like I'm told that there is. I don't know what Donnie's seeing, but. I know I'm not. No, I'm not seeing any increase. I'm seeing less every season. Okay. In the areas where the deer are few and far between, every year there's a few less. Well, you know, that what that really boils down to is this. No management is taking place for the herd to rebuild the herd to get the numbers up. So each year at the beginning of the season, all you're, all you're doing is killing your leftovers from the year before. There's not enough deer to repopulate, to grow numbers, yet the harvest takes place annually and just keeps dwindling away at those numbers. That is a mouthful. Folks, we'll be back after the break. The break is presented by SMI Marine. You'll see them. They'll take great care of you. You won't get soaked by my friends at SMI. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.